Here we are. It's the nine-year anniversary episode of the podcast. The day after tomorrow, February 17th, is the official date, with that having been when the first episode launched way back in 2014. This is Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. I honestly do love hearing from listeners of this show. In fact, if you don't want to use social media or email, you can actually just have a good old-fashioned voice call with me. How's that for engagement? Going right to the source, I will go into that during today's episode. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the northeast corner of Tennessee, my guest is an award-winning singer, songwriter, guitar player, and author who released a single last month and has a new album coming out this spring. He is in his 40th year of being a full-time independent artist, and his autobiography is called Off the Record, The Trials and Tribulations of a Traveling Troubadour. His music has gotten widespread airplay, including Bluesville on Sirius XM, and he has been voted favorite musician in the Mountain South several years in a row. Plus, he has been featured on many national television music showcases and documentaries. You've been hearing a song of his called Wisdom. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Lightning Charlie. Hey, how you doing, Bruce? Man, I, that's me. It took me a minute. I thought, man, that guy sounds great. Sounds like a <laughs> that guy sounds like a house a house wrecker. I want to hear this guy, and then I realize you're talking about me. <laughs> uh, good stuff. It's we're, just me. We're just meeting for the first time, yet I already know this is going to be lots of fun. Hey, good to be here, man. Let's get started by first having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Wisdom. Wisdom is a song, Bruce, that, that I, I, I had written, um, gosh, our two sons were little, uh, like uh, two and three years old. They're, they're 20 and 20, 21 now. So like 17, 18 years ago, um, when our, our boys were little, I wrote a song. I wanted to write them a song, and I wanted to write something about what I would give to them if I had something to, to, to give them or leave them. And God knows it's not going to be money, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, wisdom is the gift uh, that um, I wanted to, uh, them to seek. I can't give that to them, but the desire to seek wisdom. And, and the lyrics of the song are almost entirely from, from the books of, of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, the, the, the wisdom books of the Bible. And um, it sat in the can for Oh, man, 16, 17 years. And during COVID and uh, the quarantine where uh, I, my my gigs evaporated overnight, um, I went from playing 200, 250 shows a year and it just, you know, poof, gone. And uh, finished uh, finished the song. It needed a bridge and some just different little hooks and things and, and, and completed the song during COVID and uh, recorded it, and, and we're real, real pleased with the way it came out. But I wonder, going back to a song that's that old, mm -hmm. do you look at it a whole lot differently because the boys are, quote-unquote, grown up at this point, or is it a case of, well, the spirit of the song is still there, it wasn't tough for me to revisit where I was at that place in time? Yeah, a good question, and, and the answer is um, yes. I think it, it 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 it's not aged in my in my spirit, or, or um, it, it's it's nostalgic in a sense to me to, to to know that you know how little they were when 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 I was putting this to paper, and at how great uh, that that it's come to come to completion. My wife always loved the song, uh, and she anytime I'd pick up a guitar and start playing a bit of that. You know, she said, I love that song. And like, yeah, it's just, it's, oh, I need something. And we'd put it, and I'd put it back away. But uh, plus I recorded a song for our daughter, Lily, on our our last CD called Songbook. We did, uh, which is all covers except for this lone original called Lily's Song for her. 
So the boys, you know, needed equal time at least. So we got one coming out for them as well. Well, plus I imagine that even when they're at the age they were a couple of years ago during the pandemic, when you revisited the song, you still wanted them to have wisdom. So it's not yeah, it's not something that you put to the side and go, oh, well, this was for them when they were two, so I can't do anything with it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. Because that's the gift that, uh, you know, keeps on giving. That's the thing that will get us out of about any jam we find ourselves in, and it'll keep us from getting in uh, <laughs> many, uh, many jams. You mm. know? Nicely said. Nicely said. It's always an exciting time when an artist is about to put out a new release, especially a full-length album. Share with us whatever details you're at liberty to reveal about the album that I said in the intro will be coming out this spring, including where it was recorded, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry. It's all a secret. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, it's, it's crazy the way this, this album happened. It happened by accident. If you believe in such things, my wife and I were in Canada in Ontario, Canada, visiting her brother, who's a professional, you know, killer musician. And he's done a lot of work at a studio um, in, in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And he had told me about, oh, I'm recording. I would do some work at this studio. They got a bunch of vintage gear. And when you guys come up, he said, bring a guitar. We'll go in and, you know, uh, I'm buddies with the engineer and the owner there. And, you know, we'll just record a couple of songs for fun, you know. And uh, so I went in with expectation of there being some vintage gear, you know, ribbon mics and old 50s amps and microphones and things. Sure. And we went into this unmarked warehouse, uh, and 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 it was just very surreal. They were they were filming a movie, not the studio people, but whomever else was sharing this the warehouse space was literally filming a, a motion picture. There were people on mm. horseback. <laughs> there were women dressed as flappers from the 1920s wow. walking around in costume, in wardrobe. And uh, it's like, what's going on? And we go into this big warehouse room and there's gear piled up everywhere and, and the engineer has got a mic set up for me i get my guitar out and i go up to the mic and he's working at the board and and i'm looking at the uh at the microphone which was a rca 44 a ribbon mic a very iconic 50s uh microphone and uh i'm looking at it and you know how old things old cars or you know they have a patina to them, you know, that's just unique to, to that particular piece. Yeah. And I'm looking at this microphone and the scratches because it's, you know, 70 years old. And I said to the engineer, I said, his name is Trevor. I said, Trevor, I know I've got a picture of Sam Cooke singing into a 44 that looks identical to this one. Hmm. And he just kind of spun around in his office chair and said, well, that's because that's that mic, eh? Wow. I said, what? He says, all of this gear is out of Bill Putnam, who's known as the father of modern recording. It's all from Bill Putnam's United Western uh, Recording uh, Studio in in L.A., in Hollywood. Mm. He said, Sam Cooke sang on that mic. So did the Beach Boys, so did Elvis, so did Sinatra, so did Righteous Brothers. Yeah, and I started to cry (laughs) because I'm a weirdo, right? And I'm like you, am I? My my people told me that you're a huge music fan. That's why it's a pleasure <laughs> for me to talk to you about these things because you get it. And I uh, he I said what he said yeah we, we think Elvis uh, sung sung if I can dream uh, from the '68 comeback special on that mic. Oh my gosh! And I was I mean I wasn't crying like sobbing, but I mean there were tears behind my eyes. I would have licked the mic. <laughs> Sam Cooke and Elvis, I would have licked the mic if I didn't think he was going to throw me out. So <laughs> we cut a, like two or three songs. And uh, when we got back home, I mean, the sound just on just acoustic guitar and vocal up there uh, was just incredible. It was a sound I've been chasing my whole life uh, because of the gear. I mean, the, the outboard gear that this guy had. And it's unmarked, and they've since moved to a new space, but they were in the process of moving, and the stuff is so, um, I mean, it might sound like I'm maybe exaggerating to people, but the microphones and the stuff, I mean, he's been offered the owner just way, way up in six figures yeah. for individual pieces. Yeah, I'm and sure. And he's like, nope, 
But I'm confused now because are those recordings that you did up there ending up on this album that's coming out in the spring? And, and for that matter, if they are, it sounds like you just did a couple. So what about the rest of the songs? How many that's songs correct. are there going to be? Like, finish the picture for mm-hmm. us here. Yes, Bruce. The um, um, you're sharp, by the way. The, <laughs> you, that nothing. Get, you, you're you're like me. Your head comes to a point. So yeah. <laughs> the um, we we ended up because it was like that's when we came back home and said, "Wow, we got to do a record." And uh, my brother-in-law is up there. That's a multi-instrumentalist guy. And uh, so we we started recording uh, tracks in Canada and um, at home in Tennessee for me at my home studio. Uh. And that we did a a few at another studio here uh, in Tennessee and uh, flying tracks back and forth and um, ended up what we've ended up with. And this was um, in August that we went to Canada for the visit, August of 2019, which turned out to be a very poor time to start an album in another country. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's been so challenging, uh, because of the nature of, 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 of our world and, and the limitations and the challenges and you can't get two people on the floor together in an recording studio. It was Mm. just, it was just a, a bear. And, uh, but, uh, three years later, almost, um, we've got actually two albums worth of material Whoa! and we're going to pick. Yeah, we're going to pick, you know, from the 20 or so songs, the the, the, the 10 or 11 best ones and the ones that seem to go best uh, with one another and uh, release the album this spring. It's tentatively titled Three Chords and the Truth, um, which is an old um, definition by a Nashville songwriter by the name of Harlan Howard, who uh, was asked one time, uh, to define country music, and he said famously, three chords and the truth." Hmm. So uh, that works for any kind of music that that I that I, I play and record too, whether it be you know blues or anything. So, well, fascinating story and a and a great start to this episode, folks. Did you hear my interview two weeks ago? with Central Alabama-based country artist Daniel Mock. I revealed during that conversation that I was actually in Orlando recording that. I was there for PodFest Multimedia Expo, but thanks to the Focusrite Vocaster 2, I was able to easily record on location, including having a guest call in. The unit is maybe the size of my hand, maybe a little bigger, so it's not a big cumbersome piece of gear that's intimidating to try to transport My wife was even at PodFest, and she told me about a podcaster she encountered that uses the Vocaster. Heck, I'm currently working on trying to set up an interview with someone next month while I'm in Las Vegas, and that's how portable this is. You can just throw it in your backpack, and as long as you have the USB connector that comes with it and your laptop, you're off and running wherever you go. In the process, you get pro audio quality and don't need to be a sound engineer to figure out how to use it. There is the Vocaster 1, which simply means one microphone and one headphone input, or there's the 2, which I have for a guest mic and guest headphones. There's also the Studio Bundle, where you get not only the interface itself, but a microphone and headphones. Check it all out for yourself and see which one is right for whatever you're doing as a creator. On my podcast website, nhte.net, look for the Focusrite ad that has a picture of the Vocaster, and it says, Tell the World. That ad is in the right-hand column if you're looking at the site on desktop, or if you're viewing nhte.net on mobile, scroll way down just below the social media icons to see it. Either way, tap or click on that ad to go over to their site to learn more about the Vocaster and getting professional quality sound for all your audio projects, including streaming. Charlie, still so much I want to get into, but first, tell me this. When I think of a longtime blues man who's based in Northeast Tennessee and has been voted favorite musician in the Mountain South several years in a row, I do not think to myself, hmm, sounds like someone who's probably from Miami originally. But <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, because I think that is the case with you. So wouldn't that have meant that you would have grown up around, say, Latin music and not the blues in South Florida? Um. I can sing the blues in two, three languages, (laughs) 16 languages. Um, 
Yeah, uh, you know the old joke on, and you might know this being a Floridian. Uh, there was a lifeguard in his stand one day on the beach, and somebody was in the in the in the undertow, and they were floundering, and they're going up and down, and they're waving their arms, and people running up to the the lifeguard saying, "Go save that lady! You know she's drowning." The lifeguard said, "I can't swim." And the people said, how do you get a job as a lifeguard in Florida if you can't swim? And the lifeguard said, I'm bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> you can you, you can add, does a vocaster have a little bucket of fish? You need a little rim shot on the <laughs> No, the, uh, the uh, yes, the answer to your question is, um, yeah, I grew up in, uh, in Miami and uh, – um, I left uh, after high school. I got out of high school early, or they threw me out <laughs> at uh, 17, and I I, uh, I moved to Tennessee where my mother had grown up. And uh, I had been to Tennessee on visits and things, uh, visiting her family and distant, but because all of her relatives, my uncles and aunts and grandparents, all lived in Miami. They all moved to Miami in the 50s, you know, for work ah. and stuff. So. Um, I grew up in Miami, but was raised, uh, by mother's side of the family, uh, at least, uh, was, uh, you know, Southern people. And, uh, I was, uh, determined to go to Tennessee and, uh, to go to college. And, uh, so, uh, that's how I ended up, um, in East Tennessee. But back um, in those in, days uh, though, was there the prevalence of Latin music in Miami that there is today? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cubarissima. Oh Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was Calle Ocho and, you know, it was A Street and, and um, you know, it was, it's such a multicultural uh, place, as you know. Um, um, there's so much music in the air, you know, uh, in Miami, um, similar, maybe not to the extent of, say, in New Orleans, you know, where just rolling down your windows, it's just like, you know, music and food and things and the, the diversity and the multiculturalism and things just waft in and on the air. It's a, just a very vibrant, uh, beautiful place. And, and, you know, when I left, I've been down there for visits and things and my wife and kids, we took a vacation and went to Miami beach this, this summer, as a matter of fact, but, uh, uh, it's very rare that I get down there anymore. And, um, it's just a beautiful place, but it's gosh, it's become so so big and 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 and, and congested, and you know, it's just it's just uh, it's it's a different world, you know, where I've been living for the last you know forty years. So was it Miami straight to Northeast Tennessee, or was there perhaps a stop or two in between you moving yeah. from Miami to Tennessee? No, it was. Now? Yeah, it was a nonstop. Yeah. And, uh, so that's the only, and only two places really I've lived. Um, wow. although as a kid, we moved, um, every year. I mean, uh, uh, my father w was mentally ill. He, he, he thought he was in the military. So, uh, we moved from city to city. <laughs> Bucket of fish. Um, but we, we uh, honestly did. We, um, uh, I think my senior year of high school was the first time that I returned to the same school that, that I got out of the year before, you know, mm. so I was always the new kid. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well get comfortable, put your feet up, you know, drink uh, some water or coffee or whatever you have there. Cause I got to do a really big setup for this next question. Cause I definitely want to talk about your autobiography, which is called off the record, the trials and tribulations of a traveling troubadour. And wow, folks, if you have a picture in your head of a blues musician who has been at it for 40 years as an indie artist and probably has lots of tales from the road, including an occasional run-in with the cops, well, let's just say you picked the right episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. <laughs> Charlie, as I was reading chapters 3, 4, and 5 of your book and one run-in with the law story after another, I thought, <laughs> I thought to myself, could there be yet another one still in chapter 6? And folks... While there, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, while there is a mention of cops and gunfire, the next story I read from Charlie <laughs> involves his life being spared after he escaped a fire and was only left in the world with two guitars, an amp, the clothes he was wearing, and a car with a busted window and stripped transmission. <laughs> well, you've done your homework. You, my friend, as this book details, have had some kind of harrowing life experiences 
Wow, no shortage of material for blues songs, I would say. <laughs> that's for sh- that's for show, man. And uh, you know how that began, Bruce was it, it it I was keeping a blog. I was doing a monthly blog on my on my website. Um and so people were and it was a, a response to people asking what it's like people curious what's it like to play music for a living mm-hmm. you know even other musicians who who had to work straight jobs mm. uh, you know man that must be great to play for a living and so it was kind of my uh, uh means of just telling stories from the road and stuff and so the beginning uh i, I would tell these really just sordid you know rough <laughs> stories that uh, that's why a lot of those uh you know dealings with law enforcement and 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 bar flies and drunks and fights and stuff strip search did you mention strip search that's yeah, in my, yeah. did you read that chapter yeah 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 you got that one? <laughs> are we allowed to say strip search um as long as the statute of limitations has run out <laughs> but uh so those a lot of those stories were kind of you know uh at the beginning uh because i would you know that's what people were responding to these you know wild you know um gunfight at okay corral type stories uh-huh. and uh, uh and after about three years of and they got real popular like i'd get emails for example from like japan and australia whoa if it was say the third or fourth of the month and uh, the blog hadn't gone up. It was called Lightning Lowdown was what the blog was called. And, and, and people would email me from, you know, like, you know, Tibet and say, where's the new lowdown, Charlie? Wow. It's the it, it's the third of Feb, Feb, you know, it's the third of whatever. And um, I take it you were posting it the first of each month. That's, that's why you're citing the date. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It would come out on the first of the month. But, you know, I see. musicians clocks and calendars they, they take a little different so uh yeah so after about three years we you know compiled it into a book and it's 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 big it's i think a 455 page book mm. um and i want to get your copy so you can uh you can get to some of the, the the chapters where it's you know you know me running through the daisies and things you know a contrast to you know all of that business at yeah. the beginning <laughs> Yeah, it's very entertaining and very well written. Obviously, as a songwriter, you're quite the storyteller, and it really comes through. The writing is good. The storytelling is good. And there were times, you know, nowadays they say LOL, and there were times that I actually laughed out loud as I was reading yeah. those chapters. So really well done. I'm I'm really impressed. You know, it's something that I talk about when I go out and speak at events about repurposing content. And so to recognize that people were responding so well to it that you said, well, this is actually something I can turn into a book. Mm-hmm. Hats off to you. I'm curious, though, when indie authors put out a book nowadays, a lot of them do print on demand. Mm-hmm. But when you're a touring musician, a book means another source for merch instead of just T-shirts or hats or CDs. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in assuming that you're toting books around the country to your live shows? Because clearly... You get a much bigger percentage of the sale than if you have a QR code at your merch table that sends people to Amazon to order it from them. Certainly, that's correct. Yeah, I, I carry, uh, you know, and I, I don't get uh, large amounts, but I, I carry, uh, you know, I carry a dozen or two dozen books out with me um, and sell at a merch table, uh, and you can sign it for folks, and it's, you know. Um, it's a lot, you know, a lot of people, my people and people my age and stuff, I think still appreciate, you know, the physical media, you know, uh, the digital thing is great. And like, uh, uh, you can download the book and it be on your phone or your tablet or whatever, but you know, there's still people like myself that I appreciate that, but like to turn pages, you know what I mean? And then feel it and buy albums and look at liner notes and, you know, the pictures and all of that kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's something that I do care. And it's, it's, um, it's the print costs on it are, are high because it's, if I had it to do over, you know, I probably would have been wiser to, um, because of the size of it, to cut it into two volumes and do a, you know, volume one and two or something like that. Uh. But it is, it is in the uh, second edition, which added, I think three more chapters and a forward, um, from the first edition. So yeah. it's, it's done really well. And it's really cool that the, the, the publishing on demand that someone can, can walk into a, a bookstore and, you know, and, and, 
in Budapest and and get my book, you know, in a day, you know, delivered to the to the uh, bookstore. You know, that's really a that's really a fantastic thing. Yeah, but again, you know, being a storyteller up on stage and doing it very naturally and you say this is actually in my book it's going to attract more people to your merch table and not every indie artist can do that and you and you can't be an indie artist and say well maybe i should just write a book then because if you don't have the kind of stories to tell (laughs) that charlie has from 40 years then what is that book really going to be about it's going to be you know 150 pages of nothing so you know you you have a leg up on people in, in a couple of regards well thank you bruce i you know in, in my case it it proves you don't you've never had to have read a book to write one <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's one thing though man people i'll tell i'll tell someone a story just as someone asks about something it's like oh you know well i played a gig one time and uh, and they'll say is that in the book and i'll say no and they go you've got to write another book ah. you know because uh from playing music full-time i mean the the crazy carnival of events, you know, anyone who travels for a living, uh, you know, I think uh, whether they be a, a traveling salesman or a truck driver or a, a someone who's, you know, a, an athlete, a tra- things happen to you by way of, of travels that just never, I mean, it would never happen uh, to someone who, you know, worked a nine to five and, and, and drove home at night. Um, and, and in my case, when I was playing, you know, the clubs for so many years, uh, uh, when you add alcohol and, uh, maybe drugs, uh, women, uh, men, uh, late late nights, criminal activity, late nights, just all those things. It makes for a boiling pot of uh you know the potential for you know insanity is is there all the time and the stuff i mean shakespeare couldn't make up the stuff that that used to happen to me with regularity (laughs) uh, boy i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to relive any of it uh of the the bad things but it's made for a uh i'm i'm never wanting for a story for sure yeah and folks those four chapters that i referenced that i read there's actually a spot in there where Charlie is acknowledging. Now, I know people are going to say that this could be entirely made up, and then he goes on to explain why it can't be made up. So some real, real <laughs> tales in there for sure. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Northeast Tennessee by singer, songwriter, guitar player, and author Lightning Charlie. Visit his official website at lightningcharlie.com. I will put a link to his website on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Once you land on lightningcharlie.com, you will see logos both at the top and bottom to engage with him through social media, meaning Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. His music is available on Spotify, iTunes, and other online digital music retailers, but you can order physical copies, CDs, through his website in the shop section where you will also see his book and a t-shirt. I mentioned that this is the nine-year anniversary episode of the show, and I have a cool way that you can congratulate me and we can have a celebratory time together. Now, before I tell you about calling me, as I mentioned at the very start of the show, please understand first that this is not a sponsor. I'm telling you about this because it's a powerful way that I have found to make connections I'm talking about the Owl app. It's like the bird, but with two W's and two L's. And here's why it can work for you folks. If you try to send someone a connection request on LinkedIn, you don't know if or when they will accept it. And if you try to message someone through LinkedIn, someone that you see that you think would be a good connection or you'd like to get in contact with, you don't know if or when they will write you back. On the Owl app, if you see someone on there you want to connect with, you push the button and it calls them. They're on there because they want to get calls. They want to make new connections. And guess what? If the person isn't currently, quote unquote, on, you just tap the button that says request to go live. That person gets notified that someone wants to call them through OWL. They go live. You get notified. And then you call them. The OWL app is free to download. Call me through it. Congratulate me on nine years. Let's talk about the podcast. Let's talk about who you are and what you're doing. I wrote an article about this for my website to not only let people know that they can call me through that, but to give you the link to go download it and to give you the invitation code that you will need slash want. 
here is how to get at that article and the information you need to get started with this. Either go to my podcast's website, nhte.net, and tap or click anywhere you see that it says home, or simply head straight to nowhearthis.net, which of course is H-E-A-R. And whichever way you get to there, simply then look at the article whose headline is Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away. That will give you not only the link for the OWL app in the App Store or for Google Play, but the invitation code that you will need and want. Charlie, I keep referring to you as a blues man, but in fact, you have a very eclectic repertoire. Blues, country, gospel, soul, what you call rock and folk. And it makes me wonder, is that wide range of styles a blessing or a curse? It's uh, both. It is, um, uh, it's both. Um, I think if not for my... uh, ability to to play lots of different kinds of music and um with integrity uh with with, where it's not just like a a human jukebox or it's not just like somebody that's playing a a style of music that maybe they're not really at home with uh and and um that's i think contributed to me being able to to stay uh working Mm. uh able to to play a really wide variety of of venues and gigs and just you know things that um if i uh were just a a blues singer in a blues band and and um uh and i did that for for decades and uh i i i probably wouldn't be as um successful i don't know uh as i am uh but on the other hand it it's 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 a curse in that in that it's it's hard to because everything is categories with with music now especially yeah uh the categorization of things and like with with this album coming out for example as i'm releasing it and you have to pick what you have a drop down menu what genre is your album yeah is it is it rock is it jazz is it hip-hop is it classical is it you know and it's like it it, it's all of these and none of these um You know, when uh, when Elvis, for example, walked into Sun Records on a lunch break from driving a truck to cut a record, um, which in the and the 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 story says that uh, tells us that Elvis wanted to cut this album for his mother for her birthday. But that's not true. It was like six months from his mother's birthday. Mm. Uh, so he was either very late or very early with a Christmas <laughs> birthday present for his mom. He wanted to cut a record for, for himself. And, and uh, the uh, at Sun Records in Memphis and, and Sam Phillips was not in that that afternoon when Elvis came by and the secretary, a woman named Marion Keisker, asked him, who do you sound like? Hmm. And Elvis's answer was, I don't sound like nobody. And, um, you know, that was certainly true with Elvis uh, as far as a, a, a gumbo of, of styles. But uh, um, it, it, it's hard for me when I've never been able to have a good elevator pitch, for example. You yeah. know, the, the yeah. 15 seconds when someone says, what do you do? I, I'm a musician. Oh, yeah. What kind of music do you play? Uh, your floor, you know, but by the time I, I start saying yeah. a little bit, you know, it's six floor lingerie. <laughs> um, so that's why I, I say that I play good music for good people. My fans, my lightning bugs are the greatest and they're the most faithful and uh, best, most beautiful family of fans ever. And, and, uh, and you know, to uh, quote Louis Armstrong, he said, "Ain't but two kinds of music, good and bad. I play good." <laughs> you know, we are having a lot of fun with all this, but there is also the human side to it, meaning having to balance everything that we've been talking about musically with being a husband, a father, and as I understand it, a caregiver to your mom too. No small feat, Charlie, trying to balance all of that. It's yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a trapeze act. <laughs> it's like I'm like the guy with the pole and the plates, and I got like <laughs> the trained mice uh, on one foot, and I stick my leg out. And um, but it's uh, you know there that's a blessing and a curse too because you know um, uh, I, I'm I'm for the last 
I don't know, 10, 15 years since uh, our kids uh, came into the the world, um, you know, 20 years ago, um, I still get to play music for a living full time and play lots and lots of gigs, but I get to sleep in my own bed at night and my kids know they, I don't come home and they, and they're afraid of me because they don't remember daddy from Mm. six months ago when I left. Um, so there's a real gift there. Um, uh, but, uh, we are, uh, my wife, uh, you know, who sings with me, we do gigs, uh, a lot of gigs together. She sings on all my albums. Um, uh, she's the best singer in the world, uh, uh, as a harmony singer. Um, uh, she would, uh, she wouldn't claim to be, you know, Aretha or Whitney Houston or, mm-hmm. or, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, but, um, as a harmony singer, she's just dynamite and, uh, um, and uh, so there was a lot of times when our kids were little that we would all just go uh, to the shows, uh, the, 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 the five of us as a family. Uh, and the kids, our boys would come out on stage and sing a song with us. Uh, oh. And the awe factor there was huge, you know. Um, and uh, so it's been great. And it's a it's a great life. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade a minute of it, you know, for, for anything, you know. But, you know, it is a delicate Uh, balance because we hear all the time, it's such a buzzword these days, work-life balance, buzz phrase, not a buzzword. mm -hmm. But, you know, the fact of the Mm -hmm. matter is you do have a mother who I understand has a very serious condition. And so that's where it gets very challenging off the stage that people don't know about. They hear the songs, they see the albums, they hear the interviews. But what they don't realize is this is someone who's doing a show and thinking, I got a mom back home that's really, really in a very tough situation right now. And you do have to put your mom to the side and put on the stage, Charlie, and and be Lightning Charlie up there and and give the show and say, I hope I'm approaching this the right way in in trying to put my music first when it needs to be first and put my mom first when she needs to be first. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, man. The... um... You know, my mother's uh, going to be 91 years old mm. um, in October. Um, she's uh, a Mack truck, unstoppable. Physically, she's still climbing steps in our house. She, you know, she doesn't, she takes uh, two pills uh, at night. You know what I mean? Mm. A 90-year-old that takes two pills. Yeah. And, um and so physically, she's in uh, incredible uh, shape, but uh, she's she has Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm. And so mentally, um, you know, uh, which is which is the nature of that disease. You know, um, uh, the other course would be for uh, the the body as one ages and gets old and the body starts to deteriorate or get one falls ill. And um, and if the person were to then get sick uh, in their body and, and, and die, then the spirit the soul of the person, the person that made that person who they were, all their memories, all their life experiences, all their loves and their hates and all, all their stories of the road and all that stuff that makes the person, uh, would leave the body. But with Alzheimer's, it's in reverse. You know, the, the, the person leaves, uh, you know, uh, while the body is, is still around and it's very, very difficult. It, it's, it's not, it's not very difficult for, for her though. Uh, like, uh, she, um, and that's a blessing. Um, but for the caregiver and, and, and the family and, you know, it's very, very, very difficult. Um, I'm sure. I'm you sure. know, uh, I wrote a song on that's going to be on this album uh, that will definitely be on this album called um, This House Ain't Home to Me No More. And I wrote this song uh, uh, as a direct result of, um, of, of caring for my mother and uh, who isn't, I mean, uh, anyone who out there listening who has a loved one or has dealt with a, a person, a loved one with Alzheimer's, knows that um they're not they don't they don't participate in their rescue too well you know mm-hmm. what i mean they there's all saying that the you know a drowning person has to participate in their own rescue uh-huh. or, or, you know two people are going to drown you know um and uh it's 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 just very difficult um 
And so I wrote this song because our our house, my wife and I, our home with our three kids, uh, our house isn't home anymore. It's mm. a, a we're caregiving. There's all of this this chaos and dysfunction and wow. and problems, you know. And after I wrote and and recorded the song, I was looking at the lyrics or listening to it one day, or uh, and I realized that. You know, I wrote it from the perspective of of, of, a, of the caregiver who's selfishly saying, you know, my house is now, you know, not my home anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, I read the lyrics and and realized that the song would apply maybe even greater to the Alzheimer's patient mm. themselves. Wow! Right? Wow! Because their house, their body, their mind, their exp- experiences. Uh, aren't home anymore they they not elvis has left the building mm. and you know if you if you drive up to your house and you, you see a row of houses and they're all like cookie cutter identical well what makes the one in third from third from the left your home yeah you know well it's the people that are in it it's the it's the it's the pictures on the wall of your vacations and and it's all the memories and things you 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 have there and if all of that was just taken down you know, you, 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 it's not a home anymore. It's just a house. And uh, wow. um, it was beautiful to see that, you know, even after the fact that that song, you know, has more uh, application to the to the Alzheimer dementia uh, patient no themselves doubt. than no the doubt. person. Can. All that being said, here you are in your 40th year of being a full-time independent artist. I'm going to say congratulations because far too many people give it a go and unfortunately don't last four years, <laughs> let alone one decade. So you're really bucking the odds. I'm just, I'm just hard-headed or stupid or, you know, um, just never get, and people ask me to what, um, uh, you know, advice I could give them. It's like, don't give up. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I guess, um, if you're banging your head against the wall, giving up might be the wise choice, but, um, you know, just, uh, if, if you know what your calling is and, 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 uh, you know, just don't give up. And happy anniversary to you, Bruce. I mean, you've been you, you've been knocking them down for nine years. Thank you. A happy anniversary, Mr. President. <laughs> and uh, you know, you, you the challenges. I mean, and 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 through through the pandemic and everything. Yep. I mean, yep. uh, the world keeps changing, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, got to keep showing up. To you, yeah, thanks, thanks. That's you right. Got to keep showing up. Having been in it as long as you have, then I'm quite interested to hear your views on the modern music business, streaming, artist royalties, or the lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, again, uh, everything's a compromise, though, right? There's good and bad. I mean, there's nothing that, you know, the uh, the the way the industry is now with, with streaming, and, you know, I don't even know what the number is. I should have just, just for the sake of our interview, uh, but you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta sell 10,000 streams via one of those big platforms, the aforementioned, you know, large streaming platforms. Yeah. Uh, you send, you sell 10,000, you sell 10,000 streams, you make six cents, whatever it is. It's just, uh, and it's out of the, the scope for an independent artist. I mean, it, you know, um, that's why you had guys like, who is it? Like, uh the Metallica guy and Peter Frampton, you know, testifying for Congress. They, they went and spoke to Congress a few years ago, you know, and I think Peter Frampton said, you know, I've got, you know, 800 million streams of show me the way or whatever. And, and, and my check was $110, you know? Um, so it's, it's very difficult, but, um, you know, um, I do have a Bandcamp uh, page which uh, is new for me. I have a new single on it, ah. and it's a and and you can buy directly from the artist there uh, the download uh, for like a buck ninety nine. And one thing that's cool about well, the best thing about it for me uh, is that I get the, the main chunk. Uh, uh, I think it's eighty uh, percent goes directly to the artist, and uh, so I you know the two bucks I get a dollar sixty. Um, and then I split it right down the middle with my wife, eighty twenty. 
So uh, <laughs> uh, people can support the artist by going there to lightningcharlie.bandcamp.com, okay. and you can download the song as a as a as an Apple file or an MP3 or a Wave or um, it's just a great great little site. Um, but it's tough. Um, I'm really fortunate that a lot of my peeps um, still want a CD. They want a CD. They want a cover. They want to open it. They want to open up the booklet. They, yeah. like I said before, look at the liners and stuff. And and that's the way that 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 an artist can can uh, make some, can recoup all, some of their recording costs because um, this album in particular has been a, a very uh, it's been a, a behemoth, and again, in two countries um, for for so long, um, it, it it's tough. It, used to, you know, a, a band would tour or an artist would tour. They uh, they have the album, which would then allow them to get booked and tour behind the album. Yeah. But it was the shows, the live shows, that would make them the money, and. Uh, of course, that's uh, gotten compromised a lot in the last few years too. The live, the live shows. So uh, I encourage everybody um, buy a book, uh, buy a CD. Uh, you won't be sorry. I offer a money back guarantee uh, on all my merchandise. If you're not completely satisfied, um, write Bruce at uh, now hear this, and, uh, <laughs> and he'll refund you. <laughs> but I've but, never had anyone take me up on it because it's good stuff. Well, and I want to jump in here and compliment you because you are very attuned to the packaging and making sure that people are really getting a complete product. Obviously, the music itself, but great packaging, in-depth liner notes. Like you said, it's not some flimsy one piece that you pull out and it's like, oh, this is the extent. They got the artwork on one side and just some credits on the back. So really well done by you to make sure that you're realizing, okay, if people are going to support me and plunk down the money for a physical copy, I want to make sure that they're getting something that they can say, yeah, I'm happy to spend the money on this. It's not something that he, you know, burned copies that he went to Staples and bought some blank CDs and then ran them off (laughs) on his printer to, to slap a label on it. So that that goes a long right. way for sure. As we head towards wrapping this up, I've got to ask, how and when did you come up with the stage name of Lightning Charlie? <laughs> yes, well, that's that is, and in blues particularly, right? You got all the you know all the names, you know the nicknames of, but what makes a nickname I think legit is when you don't give it to yourself, right? Because if I was going to come up with my own nickname, it wouldn't. I'd, I'd be handsome Charlie or, <laughs> or you know what I mean? Uh, uh, dunk a basketball from the top of the key, Charlie. I mean, the things that I like, can't do, but wish I could, but it's, um, you know, it was given to me by a, 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 a guy, a friend of ours who's a musician also. And he, he saw the band one night in this, in this little like barbecue blues joint. Uh, and, uh, uh, and it was just one of those nights I, I was playing the guitar behind my head and behind my back and between my legs and teeth and just crazy wild. And, uh, we were loading out and, uh, he came up to us and said, uh, and, and said, man, you are like lightning tonight. Mm. And, uh, I was the, I was the guitar player in the front man, but it was actually, um, uh, uh, it was not my band. The band leader was, was a, a Chicago harp player. Oh. And, uh, and he jerked his head around and said, that's it. Lightning Charlie. He was from New York. Lightning Charlie. Now you're lightning Charlie. Because there's Lightning Hopkins, famous uh, Sam Hopkins from Houston. Uh, the great, great, great uh, bluesman, uh, guitar player and singer. And there's a Lightning Slim from down in Louisiana. So it was a thing uh, in the blues already. And, uh, and it just kind of stuck. And it gave us something to uh, um, kind of brand uh, and, and use as a moniker and, and, um, and it's been with me. That was, man, that was, had to be like in 19, it was in 19. That's how it's 2000 years ago uh, (laughs) that, that, that happened. And, and, uh, it's been really good. You know, the only downside of being lightning Charlie in the deep South uh, that's with an apostrophe, you know, uh, unless you're going to my website or something, but, uh, lightning, yeah. L I G H T N I N apostrophe, you know, the G truncated. Uh, 
uh, is that uh, nobody can spell it. <laughs> so I've been called Lighting Charlie, Lidden Charlie, uh, Lightening, yep. uh, with E N I N G, like I'm like I'm you know like I'm li- uh, going to <laughs> the salon to get so that they can light, do some lightning <laughs> yes, on your hair. Yeah, please. No, trust me, yes, I see this all me. the time because here in Tampa we have the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm surprised when people post on social uh, yeah, media and right. they'll put. The Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think, no, you got to get rid of the yes, E, but no, it's so cool on. that you said that you call your followers the Lightning Bugs because the Tampa Bay Lightning's mascot is Thunderbug, and so it's so cool is that right? picking up I didn't on know that. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of, a lot That's of good very, synergy I, there. I had a Lightning, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, cap at one, one time. I gave it, I remember we, my wife and I were in Jamaica, and... Uh, we there was a guy a local guy who was like taking us out to reefs and things and and we were staying at this big resort hotel you know what i mean a private yeah and and we would go to buy um little souvenirs and things we wouldn't buy in the hotel because you know it's this inflated uh, affluent resort Yeah. yeah and and we just wanted to support local people so we i'd go over to this this rock jetty, the the wall that separated, you know, uh, that was the equivalent of the tracks in uh, the States would be the other side of the tracks is over there and we're on this side <laughs> of the tracks. But um, I would bring those guys drinks and stuff and, and I, we bought little souvenirs and things and, and, you know, at the end of our stay, and I gave this guy my lightning uh, hat um, and uh, before we left and he asked me, he said, man, thank you. And he's a young guy, 20s, early 20s. And, uh, he, he had told me he had like, you know, four or five kids, he's married. And I said, how do you have four or five kids and you're 25 years old and, and, you know, impoverished down there. And, uh, he said, uh, you checking out? I said, yeah, we're leaving tomorrow morning. And he asked me, uh, would you, would you mind going around with your other guys and stuff and just collecting all the, the shampoo and the soaps and the, mm. and the hair conditioner and the, and the lotions and stuff. And, because it's so expensive and it would really help. And so I went like around, I, be, I had a sack. I looked like Santa, a skinny Santa Claus, man. <laughs> I had a pillowcase full of, you know, must've been $300 worth of, of soaps and stuff and took it to him, you know, mm. uh, cause, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lightning. It's, it's just, and, and it's just, just common word, right? I mean, people say it on the news all the time, the weather yeah. guy. I mean, how do they get, how do they put ease in there? <laughs> I've been called stuff. I can't with, 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 I've been called things in the press that would spell my name and I can't even say it on the air. It's the stuff that oh I would gosh. be called in the press. No, terrible. Well, all I know is you need you to know? get yourself booked to perform in conjunction with the Tampa Bay lightning game. It's a natural fit. So you need to put that your would be a good yeah. You need to put your publicist on that. Yeah. We're going to close today with another one of Charlie's original songs. This is the single that he just released last month. One called "American Eulogy." Charlie, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience all about this one, if you would, please. Yes, it's um, it's been a real game changer for for me, Bruce. I've never written a song like this before. It's a political uh, uh, song. I've never written anything even remotely political before. Um, uh, I didn't. Pr- I've never performed. I'd be, I mean, I'd covered you know some Dylan or, or John Fogerty or something. But one night two years ago um, uh, in January of twenty twenty one. Um, I was very angry. I, I'd gone to bed mad. You're not supposed to do that. Um, I was angry because this just our country and the, uh, is just so divided and so um, there was just so much going on. Um, um, and 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 my my motto and and my mantra with our, with our kids is to leave things better than you found them. You know. Uh, whether it be a car you borrow from a friend or a, a T-shirt or, you know, a room you walk in and you leave it nicer than you found it. And if mm. everybody did that, the world would be a better place for everyone. And uh, I failed to leave my kids uh, a, a country that's as, as good as the one that my parents left me, mm. uh, grandparents. And so I was just all this stuff going on. And, and I, I went to bed and, and my wife went to sleep and I'm sitting there with my phone and I'm just – typing these rhymes into my phone 
da 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 these like rhyming little couplets and and they were getting like more and more acerbic and and cynical and sarcastic so like dylan-esque kind of stuff you know like you'd rather see me paralyzed you know these kind of lyrics that were just you know biting and but i wasn't writing it as a song and it's the only ah. time in my life that i've written anything down that rhymed that it wasn't being written down with the express intent that it might be a song someday. Wow. I'm a songwriter. So if I write something down and it rhymes or here's some hook, it's with the idea of it being, but this wasn't that. Mm. It was just a rant. It was a rhyming rant. And I'm mm. typing like a madman three hours. And I'm like, it's 3.30 in the morning. What am I doing? I put the phone down and went to sleep. Next day I wake up, uh, I get a cup of coffee. I turn on the television and the Capitol is on fire. Mm. It was January 6th, 2021. And I'm looking at the TV and shock, horror, and, and, it, and it dawns on me after a few minutes, hey, what about that stuff I was writing on my phone last night? And I look in my documents, I look at it, and I'm reading the words in it, and it played like, a, like subtitles to what I'm looking at on the screen. And I literally, I mean, no exaggeration. I walked over to a, to a guitar. I picked up an acoustic guitar and where normally I would, if I had a lyric, I'd play with dozen different grooves and feels and tempos and keys. Mm -hmm. I picked up a guitar and I thought, well, what would like Dylan or John Prine or Jimmy Rogers or somebody do a folk song? And I played a C chord and just started playing waltz time and and the words just mm. fell right in like it's never happened to me in my life wow. and when we started record uh, we recorded it and when we we started playing it live um i've never gotten a response from an audience i mean it sucks the air out of the room when we do it live mm. and it, it somehow has every hot button provocative issue from suicide addiction abortion welfare crime uh it has every kind of hot button issue in the world uh, yet I've never had anyone come up that's just not, you know, wanting to buy it. Where can I buy that song? Well, it's going to be on my album coming out, you know, in the spring of, of this. Uh, had, we've done it on uh, a national television program uh, uh, that's uh, uh, I when it air, started airing all over North America, I started getting emails from Alaska. Mm. I have one in Alaska wanting the lyrics to the song. Wow. I've never had that happen. I've never... For any song I've ever written or covered, has anyone ever has it had a response like this? So um, it's called American Eulogy. Um, although it's lots of bad stuff and 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 things that seem hopeless, uh, I pray that it would be a song of hope uh, that we could come together as Americans and and uh, as our forefathers did over and over again. And uh, and. Uh, but I think you know. what you're saying is that that kind of response that it got, that kind of demand for it, am I right that that's what prompted you to say, well, I'm just going to release it now as a single instead of making everybody wait until the spring when the whole album comes out? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and as a teaser, you know, not, not as a teaser, but as a as a prelude, uh, because it, it um, we think it sounds really, really, really beautiful. And and as a as a prelude uh, or as a teaser, so that people um, can get the single and 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 uh, hopefully they dig it and and uh, that they would then be anxious uh, in a couple of months uh, when the record comes out. For you know? sure, for sure, outstanding. Uh, Outstanding. Charlie, congratulations on the new single. We'll be looking forward to the new album. So great to have you on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you so much for making time to be on today. Oh, you've been a pleasure, man. Let's do it again tomorrow. And <laughs> and happy anniversary to you, Bruce. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan, and I'll be listening uh, from now on. Thank you. I sure appreciate that, really. And folks, with that, I will wrap up the nine-year anniversary episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, and author Lightning Charlie. Do check out his official website at lightningcharlie.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Look on lightningcharlie.com for the logos for Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at the top and at the bottom of his website. 
Follow Charlie, engage with him on social media. This morning, I followed him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I know he would appreciate you doing the same. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that while you can follow Charlie on Spotify, the better way to support him is to purchase his music. Yes, there are digital downloads available through iTunes. Yes, he said Bandcamp is an even better way to go. But I recommend that you please consider purchasing physical copies of his music, CDs, through the shop section on lightningcharlie.com, where you can also get a t-shirt and his book. Don't forget the new album coming this spring, which you heard him talk about in the first half of the episode. If you like Now Hear This Entertainment, this episode, others before, every episode, feel free to let me know as much by way of a here you go, thanks for what you do, Bruce, by going to my podcast website, nhte.net, and then utilizing the yellow logo there that says buy me a coffee. It's not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with a chain or a brand. It's simply a way for you to send me a virtual toast, you know, two coffee mugs bumping together. Anyhow, check that out, put a note on there with it, and know that I am grateful for your support of this podcast. That's going to do it for episode 470. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Lightning Charlie. This is the one he just talked about. It's called American Eulogy. Oh, say can you see, are you looking at me like share and subscribe to my page? Stupidities, abilities, the impossibilities Our nation and people enraged Turf wars, meth whores, Walmart superstores Even the swiftest shall stall The brighter the star and the bigger they are The farther and harder they fall But hey, don't worry, be happy The jury acquits those they should hang by the neck and it's all good down in the hood cause the mailman he brings me a check street strife thug life pronounce you man and wife pimp your own people to die big wheels drug deals sirens and cold steel i'm weary of hearing the cry Pawn shop, liquor store, shots fired three or four over by sweet serenail. Get straight, retaliate, you're bound to be an inmate. Go call up your mommy for bail. Plant face coming in last place Punches in bunches they come Free lunches they serve To throw us a curve To keep us downhearted and dumb Masks made in China My mind's in Carolina My patience is thinner than thin Baseball and hot dogs And apple pie moon dogs Replaced with Kardashians Tattoo, boo-hoo, throw them out when you're through Forsake them babies you make Cast blame, crime, shame God made us all the same How much more crap can I take? Millennial, evil, bold, evil, can evil I'll jump the MGM Grand I'm swearing you Karens and bloody red barons Should start you a rock and roll band Protests fill her up with high tests. The only place COVID don't spread. What a smart little virus. CDC should hire us some hippies to play Grateful Dead. My tears, they choke me. Wuhan has broke me. Our lives are put on the shelves. I'm looking right at you. No rebel grace that you could do what we've done to ourselves. On account of that basis, am I a racist? This song's for both black and white. 
not sorry, not sad. It's just good and bad. Oh, there's millions of wrongs, but one right. Until we realize and quit feigning surprise at this mad manufactured maelstrom. Go twist and shout, cause I'm over and out of man's pandemonium. It's all right here on my phone. Healthcare nightmare, underwear everywhere there on Lincoln's tombstone. Race bait and friction, suicide and addiction is there ever an end to it all. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, deliver and free us from sin deep within uninstalled. So go mow your grasses, your four huddled masses, for soon every knee shall bend. Good night and good luck, lightning has struck, and will we ever be great again?